Welcome to Younger Older, coming to you from the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. We invite you to check those two ministries out, and if you're in the area, allow us to serve you on these grounds. It would be fun to be able to do. Today, I'm talking to a younger guy. How old are you, Zach? 32. 32, and I'm in my mid-60s, so we're a little bit different in age. Uh, we haven't really had a, a, a great argument yet, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to have different opinions and different ideas in different generations, but we have the same God, and there are things that are always going to be the same. Mm. doesn't matter. And the one thing my dad taught me when I was young is there are principles and there are methods, and it's wise to know the difference. Principles don't ever change. You mm. give your life for them. Mm. Methods will change and should be challenged all the way through life because society changes and ways we reach people, the way we talk to them is going to be different. That has to do with methods. And, and what happens is you get into great trouble when you start making methods principles. Mm. So let's say you go to a certain church and you always sing X amount of hymns and it's always, you know, and all of a sudden it's like somebody threw a, a you know, modern something in there. Mm-hmm. And now you're, you're, you're talking about heresy and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, you know, that it's probably a method that you're concerned with. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem, I think, that every human being actually has. They, they can't. The principles, as I talk with you, Zach, I, I could go back and the principles are a are, are few, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. There aren't that many of them. Yeah. And those are worth giving your life for. But there's so few. Mm. You know, there is one God. That's, that's simple. That's where you start. If, with every kid that comes to camp, I have an outline that I use. Because if, if I follow this outline, I know that, that I'll reach into their hearts. Number one, I have to convince them that there is a God. I don't have to convince them God does, whatever. Mm-hmm. Secondly, that he's got a plan and you failed. Thirdly, he made a way for you not to fail. Mm. And fourthly, when you put your trust in Jesus, he's got another plan for you, just the way he meant you to be and you live in that. So it's like a four-point plan. Mm. And, you know, those are the simple lines I see in the Bible. Now we can go in and find a bunch of profound stuff. But, but that's, if you don't know there's a God, if you don't know you're sinful, if you don't know that he provided for you and he loves you, and that after you become part of his family, the identity you have in Christ is important, mm-hmm. then you can't go forward. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I keep thinking, people keep coming to listen to this, and I say, I don't have anything new to say. Mm-hmm. This is the only line I see that I'd fight for. Mm-hmm. Now, again, whether your church uses modern music or old hymns or fog machines or stars on the <laughs> you know, it, it, it isn't, that isn't my deal. Um, I, I think we, we don't want to get lost in that. Uh, in your work as a counselor, mm-hmm. and that's what you're training to be, mm-hmm. um, is that something that's very clear in, in, your, in the classes you're taking or whatever? Here are principles and here are methods. Because I think someone, you're, you're a very sharp young man as far as I'm concerned. I think you could challenge methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? definitely. It's interesting to see within even the, the classroom setting, the classes that we're taking uh, in a master's degree program, right? It's like there's a lot more wiggle room in the material than you would expect. So if you're somebody who's very much a rule follower and you're like, just give it to me straight so I know how to go implement something and it's kind of black and white, this is not that. Right. It's like we're giving, we're being given principles, but then immediately the method in which it's applied gets challenged all the time because people are different, right? right? And, the, and the circumstances that people are in, even though there's themes across 
across the board, even that one individual, the way that they perceive the season of life or the challenge that they're in is going to be unique to another. So it's like, gosh, moment to moment reliance upon God's plan and the truths, as you said, that that stand the test of time. All the while, the unique situation that you're in the midst of feels very uh, malleable. It feels, right. yeah. Well, you know, I encourage young people, yourself included, when, when you want to include older people in your life to talk to, one of the things you want to do is get the principle down so you agree on something mm-hmm. and then realize the other stuff you don't argue about, you actually have good discussions about. Because if you're both trying to achieve the same principle, mm-hmm. what you're doing is looking at the method and seeing, does the method actually promote that or does it detract from that? Right, right. You, you know? have to have something to ground that back into. Right. And there's since there aren't that many principles, most of the time you can agree on here's the principle we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if we were talking marriage and infidelity, whatever, it's like, no, you know what? Here's what's best. Do you and I agree that if two people are married, they should be faithful to one another and be committed to one another? Mm. Do we agree on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, okay, methods. How do you get people to understand that? Yeah. Now, now that may be where you and I disagree on how we, how we go about that. Mm-hmm. However, we have to look at each other and say, no, we're, we're going to the same place. We're going to end up in the same city. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just thinking this way. And honestly, a guy my age is not going to think the same as a guy your age. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a young guy that keeps coming and talking to me. And he's always saying, well, you know this person. And I'm so far 100% of the time I've said no. <laughs> 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 and they keep looking at me going, what planet are you on? Mm-hmm. It's like. Well, I don't know, but I don't know these people you're talking about. And I'm not, it's not that they're bad people. It's not anything else. It's just my world is different than yours. Mm -hmm. I'm not against you knowing them. Mm. But here's what I think we focus on if we're going to change people. So Mm -hmm. I think in counseling, I think um, I would love to know that that someone with your uh, mind and, and your background and even the experiences you've gone in life, that as you sit in counseling classes, that you're able to differentiate quickly between principles and methods mm-hmm. and that you're able to, to look and say, well, this method is really good for that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, you know, I don't know. We need to challenge that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we start using um, social media, I always go to the younger guy and say, you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't even like looking at it, much less. I understand it's a tool. Sure. It's just, it's not my tool. Mm -hmm. And I'm really not against somebody using it. It's just not my tool. Yeah. So help me figure out how to use it. You do it for me, Mm -hmm. whatever else it might be, but realize it's not my tool. Yeah. And, and I just have, I'll always struggle with it. It'll never be something that flows. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave it there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and go forward. And I'm not against somebody using that tool mm-hmm. um, or tool of, of media like you're involved in and that kind of thing. I'm not going to be making these cool video movies or anything. <laughs> you know, but you will because that's where people are at. Sure. You know, yeah. and, and I should just applaud you and get out of the way mm. because the stuff that we have, the principles we agree on mm-hmm. anyway. Right. And even within the video work, right, like that's that those projects are only as good as as when they are actually aiming at a particular goal that could be achieved through other means. It's just the method. It's just the means of video that we're trying to communicate a bigger truth. And so I think even within the realm of counseling, we're looking at how stigmatized uh, that kind of work can be. And even in the Christian community, a lot of people are fearful 
level of, well, I don't want somebody to kind of come in and, and shrink me, right? Or, or convince me of another way of thinking that maybe isn't, uh, isn't in line with what, how I've been raised or whatever it is. People just have a lot of, I think, preconceived notions around that process. And, and what I've been amazed to see both in my personal experience in therapy and now in, in training for that is it's really quite a simple thing. Think about the world that we live in and the lack of attention that we often that we that we receive and how desperate we are to simply even just have a conversation with someone who is actively participating, listening, and then attempting to be a reflection back to you. There's it is transformational to receive that. And it, you can't deny it. If you've have met somebody in your life who gives you a listening ear and then who actively attempts to reflect back to you what's being said and to try to extract out meaning and feeling from that, you will go back to that person over and over and over because it's like more of you that you get glimpses of is being revealed to you in that process. Right. It's like more of yourself that was at a lower resolution is becoming high resolution in that simplicity of conversation, listening and reflecting. So if you think about counseling, a counselor is somebody who has been trained to do that in a very acute, uh, specific way and gets better and better. The more that they sit with person after person after person, you can you can bet your, your, your bottom dollar that a counselor who is worth their salt is somebody who both knows how to work in the particular and sees the larger patterns that are, that apply to every human being. So it's like, okay, this is unique to you right now and we're going to work with this, but also know and rest in the piece of you are not the only one who has seen this and we have ways of navigating through and out of this situation. That's what people want to know. Right. Well, I'm wondering, is the need for counselors because there's nobody in their life to listen to them? It could be a part of it. That's for I sure. Mean, the other day, I was just we were talking with a friend, and their 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 son was uh, just going to counseling on a regular basis. Young guy, mm-hmm. and and my question was simple. It wasn't derogatory. It's was just why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what is the well? They want someone to talk to. And I'm thinking, that's the reason. Is there mm-hmm. nobody to talk to? Mm-hmm. So now you're paying to talk to somebody. Right. Right. I, I'm not sure that's overly healthy in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I'm dissing counseling or people right. doing that. I'm just thinking that's a sad commentary when you got to pay somebody to go talk to them mm-hmm. so that they actually listen to you mm-hmm. and respond to you. Right. Yeah. So I would encourage people who are part of a church, youth group, whatever it is, mm-hmm. learn to listen to people. Learn. Just learn to hear what they're saying and, and, mm. and, and connect with them somehow. Right. And, and they may not, uh, you know, People will always, at my age right now, I'm starting to have people come back and talk to me, but there were years where I would be avoided because people knew what I was going to say. And I would tell guys your age, younger guys, you're the ones who actually have the most impact on this group, not Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I speak from the front, so I have this stigma and I have the, you know, here's a guy, you know, we we all know whether whether that's true or not, we all know what he's going to say. I don't want to go talk to him and. And he has the right to kick us out of camp and you know all this other stuff. So, mm. however, you can talk to him and you're cool because mm. you're you're the age. And I I tell college kids that are here every summer and high school kids even that come up, understand something. An eight year old that's here thinks you're pretty cool. Mm. You show them pure attention in a in a way that can build them up and that you'll do wonders for them. Mm-hmm. Now, as I've gotten more grandfatherly and older they're coming back and doing that with me too because mm-hmm. I think they're more comfortable with grandfatherly kind of people. 
Mm-hmm. But but really, there's a tremendous ministry uh, among those who have learned to listen to the next generation, and and realize that just listening can be therapeutic. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have answers mm-hmm. necessarily. Correct or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly not, especially in that moment. I mean, I would, I believe that there's going to be answers to any given problem, right? That nothing new under the sun. If, right. uh, if the Bible has anything to speak into this and yet in the moment, it feels oftentimes like a unique thing. Yeah. Right. And we're being given with the task of handing down truth from generation to generation, which means there's going to be some overlap in what I know at my age and what I don't know, which could be very it could be frustrating on one hand or we could look at that and see the redemptive act of necessity upon each other right the inter interrelationship that now well I can't live on an island which by the way I wasn't built to do anyway right. so that stands in opposition to the lies that the world would say that I can do all of this on my own I'm built for relationships so whatever it is that I've I've received from somebody older and wiser than me that has to go and be handed on to the person that's that hasn't seen as much life as me and before you know it now we're all connected connected in relationship, that ongoing process. So I think there's there's a two there's two pieces to that within there's counseling very specifically where I can't just walk up to anybody within my church and expect them to be able to speak into the particular issue that's likely going to be rather complex. But I also am not going to avoid having intimate, transparent, vulnerable conversation with the people in the body that I know that I can trust. Because then what are we doing here? I'm going to go pay somebody for conversation or to be listened to. And then, well, what do I do with the rest of the 99% of my life? We're talking about a 50-minute hour out of a week with a counseling session. That's built to be to be built upon uh, for the rest of the time that I spend in and amongst my family and, and community outside of the counseling office, right? right. That, that's the alley-oop. That's the, the buttress to the rest of my life. Okay. So you don't think there's a conflict with the counseling classes you're taking the Nathan Project and biblical authority and helping people with the Bible? No, I definitely don't see conflict. No. Okay. Yeah. I see them inter interrelated and interworking. They're mutually supportive of each other. Yeah. So the, the, when I tell somebody, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, I want a, uh, some counseling and I think, well, I want you to go to a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea for me. Mm-hmm. Not just a counselor in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, counselor can offer listening. I understand that. And God can use anybody. I, I get it. Sure. But what makes it different your program you're going through, I know probably they're all different, mm. but your program. So what it, what makes it different? If I go to you as a counselor or I go to a secular counselor, what is the difference? Yeah. So if, if everybody's looking for answers and we're wrestling with real things, real tensions, emotional challenges, we're, right, if we're even just that, if we're, if we're starting to talk about, well, what is it that you would like to see change? That's going to be a, a, que- a question that every good counselor is going to ask in the beginning. That right there sets the tone and the trajectory for what we're aiming at. What is a viable goal that we even set our sights on? Within a biblical framework, we're going to be talking about the world that we live in that's in this tension between, as we were talking about before, the already and the not yet. I have both, I have relationship with God now while I'm also anticipating eternity and paradise to come and 
if I that just right there, the biblical uh, model, the biblical worldview is giving me a framework and language for interpreting my internal experience in a way that's actually accurate rather than, well, what's your goal here? Maybe in a secular situation, what's your goal? Well, you could name anything. And then that therapist's role is going to be to make that thing okay, make that viable, whether it is or not, which both on both sides of it, I think gets messy immediately because now the therapist is really just somebody who's promoting any type of norm or good that you can come up with. And then the person who's being counseled, if it's not working for them, well, now I got to set a new target. Okay, well, I'll help you meet that one. No, that's not working now. I'm gonna, so it's just that per, it's a perpetual cycle. Yeah, because I, I think if I, it, you know, if I would play someone who needed counseling to you and, and, and you asked me what the goal was, I might say, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. How do you help me now? I mean, I don't know. I just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel lost. I feel. Does anyone ever come and say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So so you have to really go back and say, okay, I need to guide them through this. Somebody listening right now, and they're sitting there going, you know what? I really, I really am depressed. I, you know, I haven't talked to anybody. I, I just don't know why I feel like I feel. Mm. It, it could be they're talking to nobody, and they mm. could think that they're unique, mm-hmm. which really mm. everybody saw. I have found through the years that if somebody comes and calls me a bum, if I say I am a bum, the conversation's over. <laughs> you know it's like you're a bum yes i am it's mm. like oh i guess i can't accuse you of anything mm. you know i am sinful mm-hmm. and so are you and if you start there and go you know there's something in your life that's probably not right mm-hmm. okay i'm not sure you know everything that's not right right now mm-hmm. because god is gracious to us and he doesn't give us a list every day of everything in the next 40 years that he's going to work on mm-hmm. or we'd be crushed by the list mm-hmm. so it's like ah, today we're going to work on this which is really working on this down the road and you know mm-hmm. that's why we let god do the changing because he actually knows the pace mm-hmm. the places the experiences he needs to give mm-hmm. and and you go into prayer and say you know what i i'm just trying to give you the basics here mm-hmm. and and realize that god's got this plan because he does want you healthy mm-hmm. Um, but if somebody's listening and they're not talking to people about how they feel and not people that that I think will, you know, maybe just somebody who will not answer them either. I mean, that might be OK uh, so that they can sort out what's going on, if, especially if you're a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a verbal processor, you need to talk. Mm-hmm. If you're an internal processor, you need to think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and probably good counselors understand the difference and, and work with people according to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if, if somebody needs help, somebody's listening to us right now, they say, you know what, this sounds really good. You know, I, I probably should be talking to somebody, but I have no idea. No one does this that I know of. Mm-hmm. Are, there, are there other groups? I mean, how would they get help? You're out east. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that listen to us all over the world. Mm-hmm. There's people that listen to us a lot in the Midwest. So if somebody's sitting there going, yeah, I am isolated, I do need help, but I don't know where to go. Mm. Or are men more likely not to seek counseling than women? 
I think that's kind of the trend. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, you could point to a, a, so many different reasons for that, but I think even maybe just within our Western culture, uh, we've, we've had so, uh, there's so many layers of, uh, what masculine masculinity is, is wrapped up in the idea of, I have to be self-sufficient, right? Which is going to be the same lie as I have to take care of it myself, whether it's on the personal level or the family or the, like we, we lend, we, we lend towards or tend towards rather, I want to be able to take care of everything because I don't feel like I can trust those around me. Right. Right. And so that would be applicable to, I think anybody it's like, well, if I'm going to go and enter into a space of counseling where I'm going to give over the most vulnerable pieces of me, that has to be, that only happens within a container of trust that this person has my best intentions in mind. Well, my dollar can only secure so much of that because I can only pay you so much before. Well, you're also going right. to be distracted. You have things going on in your own life. So when you're talking about the most effective counseling, I think without getting ever a, a, a specifically clear answer, there is the mystery of those who have chosen to follow after God and the model of life that he's built for us. That that brings up this wellspring of desire to benefit those around us in the ways that we've received benefit. And that can happen through the counseling situation to know this doesn't even really make sense from a worldly perspective. Why is it that you would want to show up and listen to me and then help guide me towards a truth that's even bigger than you? Well, I don't know how to explain that other than there's a transforming power within the gospel that does that to us, like it or not. There's no, like, there seems, seems to be no formula, and then yet that seems to consistently happen over and over yeah. again. You know, I encourage people, when you're at church, find somebody who has the life that you're looking at, the thing that you're missing. Just find an older person who does that. Mm. For example, you're saying, my marriage is not what it should be. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps there's some older people that you know their marriage is what it should be. Mm-hmm. Go talk to them and say, can I talk to you? Yeah. And just go talk to them and see. They may they may not be counselors. They may be welders or something, you know. And mm-hmm. bottom line is they'll say, well, here's what I learned. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how many young guys I've told you're married. Go for a walk every day with your wife. Mm-hmm. And, and they go, that's it? I said, yeah, for me, that's been great. You know, we get to walk and I'm out of the house. She's out of the house. We talk about things. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, one of the things we learned early in life is just sitting at a table and staring at each other and talking didn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm doing something. Yeah. All of a sudden, I got all these things coming out of me, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So it's like learning how you communicate. Mm-hmm. And and so I know that, that that hour walk we go on every day is very valuable, mm-hmm. not, not just for exercise-wise, mm-hmm. but for relational because we're talking. Mm-hmm. And if we're home, I'm going, yeah, no, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and and some might say, well, you need to grow up and do better at home. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, again, I think there's... Mm. There's things that you learn about um, genders that do things differently, personalities that do things differently. You accept that and you begin to, you know, most of the men I've talked to have related with the fact that, you know, when I do something, I talk better. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then I say, well, do something then. Just mm-hmm. explain this to your, your wife mm. and say, we want to do something together so I talk better, mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden you, you've got somebody listening to you. However, we, I did say that people need to find some, some help. How do they do that? How mm-hmm. do they do that in the Midwest? Yeah, gosh. Uh, well, I think in our world now, we are uniquely resourced with, uh, with the, the internet, right? So right. I mean, it's almost like it's, and I don't, I don't want to diminish that there's challenge to, to discovering the right fit, 
but as far as uh, initial resources available, it's like you got you got no excuses. There's there's so many organizations out there. Where if you just Google Christian counselors, there's there are Christian counseling agencies within every given state all over the place, and there is a demand. I mean, there's increasingly so with the issues that we see in the world. There is a, a lack of Christian specific counselors available to meet the need, but that doesn't mean that they're not available. And even within your church, you go have a conversation with your pastor. Many pastors now, in the last even two, three years since the pandemic, as mental health issues have been on the rise, they recognize the absolute need for counselors within their congregations. And so even though they might not be there within the church themselves, that network of people that are available has become more exposed and more known. So if, gosh... If now, does the Nathan Project uh, refer people to different places or no? We do, yeah, all the so, time. So they, if, if they can't remember anything else, mm-hmm. where do they find the Nathan Project at? Yeah, nathanproject.net is the website. And within that, you'll find uh, both phone number and email to be able to reach myself and then Rick Cardos, who's the director. And from there, gosh, we got a really wide network uh, to be able to, to put people to. So I think to, to the point you were just making, Dave, and it's interesting, you're talking about proper um, healthy communication and how you've seen that flourish in tandem with the simple act of taking a walk. Right. Right. I think for that, like, that is a model of we're built to be going somewhere. We're built to be in motion and in pursuit of something. And there's a really interesting study. Uh, some of the neurological study stuff, it's like it gets nerdy, but it's also sure. fascinating. Sure. Uh, and there's this one recent study that came out where they, they're they doing a lab study looking at rats and they had sensors that were put into their brains and they could push pedals on the outside of themselves that would stimulate these areas of the brain. So there's the dopaminergic. So that's like the dopamine, right? right? The pure kind of ecstasy, the feel good. There's the serotonergic serotonin. That's like the calm the right. kind of peaceful and that hypothalamic, which not really one that gets talked about very much, but if that area of the brain gets stimulated, it, it produces the sense of hopeful anticipation. It puts you into process going after a goal that you haven't yet achieved. And if given the option, you'd think that the rats would have chosen dopamine, just pure pleasure all right. day long. They didn't. If given the choice between three pedals, they chose the hypothalamic stimulation that I want to be in pursuit of something that I haven't yet achieved yet. And I think that, gosh, if we correlate that to humanity, it's like we're, we know that the space that we're in right now is not the sum total of what we desire after. And yet here we are being given what we need in the day to day while anticipating what is to come. So how does that relate back to counseling? I think even just knowing those truths about what the what Scripture has been, been talking about for centuries, it's naming the reality that we are a fallen people in a fallen world and yet have the opportunity for relationship with God and each other. And even just knowing that those that we live in the midst of that tension eliminates an enormous amount of what would otherwise be confusion of why don't I feel good all the time? Right. Well, here we go. Here we are. We're built to be in process and anticipating all the while being where we are. What is that scripture it talks about building houses and planting right. gardens? Right. So having no goals and coming home and just, uh, you know, surviving. God, God didn't create an accidental blob of protoplasm to mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, we started off in, in two, a program ago talking about the importance of significance and mm-hmm. security. Mm-hmm. And the significance comes from seeing that God, the God of the universe, loves you, created you. There's a plan. Mm-hmm. Get in it. That's all. Just mm-hmm. find a plan. Mm-hmm. And get it. once you get there, it's like, ooh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a plan for marriage. There's a plan for not being greedy. You know, I mean, giving and helping. And, 
And uh, in that process, too, I know you have to make a living. Do you do videos for people who call and ask? Uh, I do, yeah, yeah. They, do you have an address for that, or should they get go through the Nathan Project to find you? No, so it's uh, website is my name Zach Ellis Photography dot com, and then Zach, spell the Zach Ellis. Yeah, Z A C H E L L I S Photography dot com, and there's contact information there. And yeah, just start a conversation, and we can talk about what your needs are and and how my skill set might be able to meet those. Yeah. You know, the fun thing is, I think you can trust Zach with your project. He, he's a guy who loves God. He's been through a lot in life that are, are tough and good, and he's headed in the right direction. So if you want to uh, get a film project done that you need, and you can at least talk to him about it, and he'll be mm. honest with you whether he can do something or tell yeah. you to go find somebody else, uh, mm. no doubt. So uh, those are the fun things in life. One of the worst things that people can do that listen to any podcast is nothing. Do nothing. <laughs> So this isn't supposed to be an entertaining uh, podcast. It's supposed to be something that helps us see that there are some paths that we can get on. Mm. And we've talked about communication. We've talked about counseling. We've, we've talked about significance and security. We've, we've talked about a lot of things. I invite you to go back and listen to it again. If you're struggling with some of these things and really cannot find answers, go to NathanProject.net and see if you can uh, connect with Zach and see if he can help you connect somewhere uh, that can give you help. I'm Dave Wager, and this is Younger Older. Thank you for listening again. Again, we're on the campus of Silver Birch Ranch. Goodbye for now.